0: Welcome to season two of The Shopstool Podcast, a podcast for woodworkers and the maker community in general. With Joey Chalk from King Post Timberworks, Brian Cush from Sawdust Bureau, and Robin Lewis from Robin Lewis Makes. Hi everyone, I hope you're all very well. This is episode 14 of season two of The Shopstool Podcast, and it's also the first episode of 2020. So welcome back everyone. Yep. As always, I want to start by introducing my two co-hosts. Joey, how's it going?
1: Yeah, very good, very hot today.
0: (laughs) And uh, Brian, how are you? I think think you're gonna match Joey there. Yeah, he thinks it's hot in Auckland. I'm coming to Melbourne. (laughs) (laughs) And my name is Robin Lewis. Welcome to the show, everyone. So, today we're gonna be talking about um, just what we've been doing over the last, what's it been, probably a a month? Almost. Yeah, yeah, actually, it's been about a month. Uh, Just catching up. But before we do, I have a little bit of housekeeping that I want to mention because I made a terrible mistake in the last episode where we talked about our good friend, Leroy, who was fighting the fires, and I called him a volunteer firefighter.
1: Oh, he's professional. He
0: messaged messaged me afterwards to say, I'm actually a full-time firefighter, and I'm never going to live this down with the the rest (laughs) of the guys. So... (laughs) Leroy, from the bottom of my heart, I apologize. I hope you've, you've still got your, your name and it's not in tatters. So yes. for everyone out there, Leroy is a full-time firefighter. Um, but yeah, so if anyone follows Joey on Instagram, they would have seen a, a picture of Joey delivering his table that he talked about last time. Yes. Joey, do you want to just walk us through what happened?
1: Well, so I, I finished this is the ambassador's table had to be delivered down to Wellington, which is uh, the other end of the North Island for me. Um, So uh, I had arranged for a shipping company to do it, a furniture moving company, and I paid the premium amount of money for them to kind of white glove it down there, Mm. all wrapped by them, insured and everything. Um, So they said when they picked it up, it'll actually probably only take two days to get down to Wellington. I thought, that's great. I'll book a flight and give myself an extra two days past their delivery date um, just to make sure it gets there. Um, and so my flight was the first thing in the morning, I was going to shoot off to the embassy, take delivery or put the table together, show them all the bits and pieces and then head straight back to the airport for like an early afternoon flight back home and I'd be back in the workshop for, you know, afternoon tea. but. um <laughs> didn't quite work out that way so they were like three days late with delivering um the morning i went to fly down i get the email saying oh it's we might deliver it today and i'm like well that would be nice because i'm in wellington for the day so <laughs> as soon as i'm landing i'm having to change my afternoon flight later and later to try and mm. get back in time they finally delivered at about three thirty in the afternoon it was meant to be there you know days before um And it was okay, it looked good, apart from when he pulls the blankets off, by that point it was in the back of a van to get into the the small residence where we were. Um, He pulls the blanket off, and I could see one of the the um, glue-laminated skirts, aprons, had been ripped away from the buttons that were holding it on to the the tabletop. So it looked Mm. like someone had grabbed it by the apron and just yanked it, and just just, just ripped off one side. Um, sure. So luckily it was just a matter of undoing the screws and kind of bending it back into position and, and putting it back together. Um, but it wasn't until, it was really weird, it wasn't until he mo- he drove out the drive and I walked back in and I saw this big smudge on the top, which I thought was from us, our sweat and everything as we had our arms on it and, and trying to maneuver it through the doorways. And I went to wipe it off, and then there's all these bumps and lumps and dents underneath the smudge mark. And so it looked like it to me it looks like they dropped it on something like concrete. <laughs> wow. So um it's it's actually the thing is it looks bad, it is bad. It's a very small area, it's maybe like the size of a key. And um you can only see it from a certain position in the room and 99% of the time, they're going to be keeping um, um, tablecloths on this thing, and so it's going oh. to be yeah. So it's going to be a way up versus you know, is it going to be worth their while to have it replaced and be without it for a couple of weeks? Well, they yeah. I saw their schedule and they're very busy. They've got events on all the time and they really can't afford not to have the table. So it's going to be mm. uh, a way up whether. I'm not sure what, what's going to happen. The ambassador hasn't seen it as of yesterday. I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything today. So um, it'll be interesting to see what the what happens with it.
2: Mm,
0: yeah. I was just assuming that you were going to say they would have like place settings. It seems like a bit of a shame to put a tablecloth yeah, over
1: it. I talked to them about that, and without giving too much away, the I, it's traditional for them to have a... Uh, um, tablecloth versus placemats. gotcha gotcha so that's how they keep it all the time can, so, can I
2: can I ask um, the oh, sorry can I ask the ballpark of, of how much it costs to to fret stuff around New Zealand like how how much did
1: it uh, that cost a grand a grand including insurance with, including insurance with what you know like what they call it premium international sh- wrapping or something yeah yeah um so oh, it's, it's so
0: killer. Can you go back to them and and yeah, I've
1: emailed them and said, showed them the picture just to say this is what's happened. Um, not sure what's going to happen yet, but here's a heads up. You might have to be paying for this. At this stage, hmm. I'm actually thinking the easiest way to fix it is for me to make a new ha- ta- half a tabletop.
2: You're kidding and me. Finish
1: it and then just take it down and replace it in situ, and then they're only down down for a day.
2: Oh man. Jeez because you, you can imagine you? how
1: hard it's going to be See. for me to organize someone to go and take it off yeah get it stripped find someone to use the same product and finish it to the same way that i've finished it uh, yeah. and have it match the rest of the table it's actually easier for me or someone takes it off the shipping company ships it up to me i refinish it and they ship it back down and someone's got to go and reconnect it all back together some magical mm. person um it's probably easier for me just to make a new one and drive down and do it and come back up.
2: <laughs> the, yeah. the damage is, is on one of the permanent parts of the table as well, isn't it? It's like just at yeah, the start a of the curve.
1: If it was, a, yeah, if it was yeah. one of the extension leaves, I probably would have put it on the plane as a yeah. check-in item and just bought it back, um, or even carry on. <laughs> but. Uh,
0: and the, the actual client, what was their, were they pretty understanding about it?
1: I didn't get to meet the ambassador, but the um, the chef and the matron who I'd been dealing with for, for this whole thing, they they liked it. Everything was good. They were happy with the layout and how many seats they could get around it. And um, that's why in the pictures they had, there was plates, and they were just trying to organize mm. how the seatings would go because I didn't realize they had to have you know, four sets of cutlery, and so it, it made everything wider. So I think there was two less seats uh, than we thought we were going to get because I didn't realize ah. no one told me about this gigantic ar- array of cutlery and, and you know all that kind of guff that had to go on the table. So.
0: Yeah, because yeah. I guess as long as they're okay with it, that's the main thing. At least then you've got some, some wiggle room in that area because mm. if they were fuming, then, yeah, wow, stuck between a rock and a hard place.
1: They were happy with it. There was a couple of things. I mean, it, so, you know, the little uh, fold-down legs um, mm. that were on it. One of them wouldn't magnetized back up and it seemed something had shifted enough that the magnet the leg was just popping off it just couldn't quite hold itself whereas the other one was perfectly fine and so that Mm. was on the same side of the table as the damage so it seems like Mm. as it got dropped stuff had shifted a little bit you know it's just being tweaked a bit and so yeah it could be that Yep. Anything you can do to avoid this happening again? <laughs> uh, I won't use movers. I mean, I would just, I would just rough it out and drive it, drive down there, spend the night, and, and come back. Yeah, it's much more safe in my own hands, and I can yeah. be more gentle with it. And um, it's just not worth it. I'm definitely same, with you I on could that. Spend, yeah, I could spend the same amount of, amount of money on a hotel. You know, if I'm mm. going to do that.
2: So even if you schedule mm. it, you know, with Potentially meeting other clients or a family weekend away yeah. or something, so it doesn't feel That's like you're right. just going down. And I would quite often do that when I'm I get pieces um, uh, going to Sydney or Adelaide, Brisbane, Canberra. I'll I'll do it myself because I just don't sleep well at night knowing that even if it's a, no, a career I that I trust, it. I only trust them to to some level. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, really. The whole week I was nervous about it because I just. Yeah. you know, these guys come in and they just think, oh yeah, it's a bit of furniture, let's throw it in the truck, and even though it's wrapped up and stuff, you're like, come on guys it's, it's, yeah. this is actually kind of fragile. Uh,
0: Literally one of a kind.
1: Yeah, and that, and so, anyway, it's a bit disappointing but um, you know, yesterday I left to get the plane at 3.30, got back home 3.30 in the morning, got back home for 9 o'clock, 9pm 9 and so, um, I just went straight to bed and came back to work and here I am again.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. It's funny when the, the the builders have been working on on um, my house over the, the Christmas, yeah. and after they've come and gone, like they were all such good guys, and we had a we had such a lot of fun working together. And I don't think any of them is oh, any of them are malicious in the slightest, but there are still dings and dents that I've had to go around and, and patch up, and it just seems. Like, if it's not you treating this like it's a, your baby, you're never gonna get that level of service that you were expecting.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. It's just, it's not they're just not invested in it financially or emotionally. So, um, mm. you can only do what yeah. you can only do.
0: But since then, you've I saw on Instagram, you've been doing a couple of other projects.
1: Yeah, I'm actually, I'm so flat out, it's ridiculous. That's why I'm back at work. I, I should have taken the day off just to rest, but um, I've got I've got actually I think I've got too much on because I'm starting to slip with some time frames and running mm. out of materials and I'm, I can't be in all, and all the my, you know my head's not in all the jobs enough so um, I'm trying to slow down a bit now and smash out some stuff um, I've I don't know if' I'm, I've been rambling a lot but uh, maybe someone else can talk I can you can come back to me I've got some interesting jobs coming up but um I don't know if you want me to carry, carry on now or...
2: <laughs> Keep
1: rambling. Oh, right. Brian, you've been working on a, on a cot, haven't you? I have,
2: yeah. Yeah, I've been working on my crib. Um, yeah, January always seems to be pretty quiet over in Melbourne. I think uh, Australians tend to overindulge a bit at Christmas and, or maybe a little bit broke. Yeah, right. So um, <laughs> I'd kind of penciled in a bit of time to do a crib and now I've ended up adding a dresser into the mix as well just to spice things up. So I've got six weeks until the baby arrives, and um, yeah, it's funny. Like I said, with I mentioned it before, but with client work, when the piece leaves the computer, it tends to stay like that. Whereas with my work, it like when I'm making things for myself, I tend to adjust things in the workshop, change profiles and thicknesses of timber a bit until it sort of feels yeah. just right. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. with this crib, I've done that a lot. And the problem with doing <laughs> with the crib is all the standards that you have to meet. So if you take a tiny bit of timber out here, it multiplies across, you know, the spindles and things, yeah, and then yeah. you end up with something that doesn't comply. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, it's taken a bit longer than I thought, but uh, <laughs> patient wife is is doing well. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's nearly finished. It's nearly finished. I'm just trying to work out the mechanism uh, to have a drop leaf on it. These are obviously like mm-hmm. not legal in I think the EU. They're definitely not legal in America. And no. the research that I did was it was mainly because of poor hardware that the drop yeah. leaf can pop out. Baby can get stuck between mattress and the leaf. So I've obviously spent a stupid amount of time trying to engineer like a a, a rebated bracket and a sliding um, yeah. Uh, pan head screw that sort of sits within a slotted joint so it yeah. it will never come out is the plan
1: um, It's interesting <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you because what I was going to talk about is exactly the same thing uh, as you're talking about is um, making production runs of cots for a company and they, they're, they're drop side cots and um, so I've just been through this whole thing with oh, really? hardware and um, so that, these guys have actually found hardware that's pretty easy to install, and it has a, a little safety lock on it, mm-hmm. so you have to force against a, a sprung-loaded lever mm-hmm. and lift and push the push the front of the crib to let it slide down, drop down. Yeah. Um, pu- pulling it up is fine, but it's it's having it so it, so you've got to put some a couple of kilos of force into it before you can drop it down.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So baby baby would never be able to do
2: it. I've kind of been playing about with two different uh, sort of track profiles and things and working out how high, mm. like I need to prototype it, but how high it needs to be lifted to sort of drop again. Yeah. I think this, like, because I've used white mahogany for it, which is sort of, it's pretty similar to black, it's pretty heavy timber. The spindles are Vic Ash. The side panel's probably weigh right. more than a baby could ever lift a it's millimeter. A lift here, never right? mind. Um, never mind. I think I've got 10 mil as the up and then and then 150 mil drop um but yeah it's it's been it's been a little bit of a challenge and i just add a dresser in as well i've got six weeks to finish them but uh like i said it's been pretty quiet at the minute um i went down to tasmania as i mentioned on the previous show to do Mm. the um design build project with john wardle architects which was fantastic um Mm. just felt like a dream like yeah, it, just it looked like an awesome place. Oh, it's incredible! It actually reignited my passion for architecture a bit. Like, I sort of said said before, how I got drained a bit by it, and it was more the the multi-res side of things. But when you see a house that is built like a piece of furniture, like mm. the level mm. of detail in this thing, like the finger pulls for everything, the like the nooks that would sort of house a particular object. Um, I mean, it's just phenomenal. So he's got two properties uh or sorry two two places on the property down there one is mainly for staff and visiting guests which is the new build um a sort of a modern shed called the shearers quarters and then his house is captain kelly's cottage which is an old 18 1870s or eighteen eighties cottage that he's renovated right. and mm-hmm. the renovation of that is like nothing i've ever seen before it is taking awesome. the best of modern craft and putting it into, you know, a really old heritage building. So, yeah, that was, it was really cool. And is he doing a
0: lot of it himself or is it, um, um, does he get contractors in?
2: It was, it was all done with contractors, builders from Hobart. I can't quite remember their names, but, um, yeah, it was a bit of a mission. Like, they're located right at the top of Bruny Island and right. there's a car ferry that goes right into the bottom of Bruny Island that you have to wait to get on it until there's space, you know, you sit in a queue and then it's an hour and a half on unsealed roads for the top half anyway to get up to the site so despite oh, the fact wow. you're so close... I didn't realise
0: Bruny Island was that, was that um sort
2: of uh, yeah. rugged. Yeah, it's really, like, up the top it's it's proper, um, proper sort of outpack stuff but you're so close to Hobart, mm. like, we they brought us in on a chartered boat that left from the Mona Ferry Pier and brought us pretty much bang to the property. That was half an hour. But as a as a trade, if you're trying to get materials in, you're going down to the car ferry, and you know it's a two and a half hour round trip if you get on the ferry. So there were huge challenges involved in building it, and um, they built it over. I think the house was done over about eighteen months. Um, yeah. And it was mainly just John working on it. It wasn't any of the staff uh, that I know of. I think it was maybe one of the other principal architects or partners was working on it. But yeah, it was John's baby and he would just go down and sketch a detail and then the builders would interpret it and make it. Yeah, Yeah. it must have been been high stress for those builders when Mm -hmm. you're having to do it to that level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there were some good stories about it. (laughs) <laughs> but um, and it was fun yeah, for me. Like awesome. so, my project down there was a sort of a, a, a version of the Heidi gallery yeah. tables that I'd done before, um, which were originally inspired by the table in John's house in Captain Kelly's cottage. So he had two old antique tables and just commissioned an infill piece between the two, so sort of a modern right. infill. And he wanted to take those two ideas and put it into a table for the North Burney, um Community Center, to have a table that they could sort of sit around and, and chat and have, have pizzas and that kind of stuff. Um, you know,
1: what I really liked about that table is that you actually cut tape, one table into the next table, as opposed to just butting them into each yeah. other. And that, that really, I think, set it off um, you know, way, uh, um, a way nicer aesthetic compared yep. to the, the one where they were just butted together. I agree,
2: I agree. I think the butting together was, it was part-time restraint, um, like trying yep. to do 40 mm. tables that all have complex interlocks like that and having to template every mm. single cut. That's right. And uh, the second you cut into a lot of them, they, they just fall apart because the apron isn't there to support <laughs> it. So there were seven tables in the arrangement we did for the community centre. Two of them ended up just having one leg. Um, and they're kind of resting on other tables and there's bracing underneath that supports but it was it was a really nice challenge like I brought over a few few kind of key essential tools and then it was working with whatever tools they had in the in the shed up on site and uh, three of his staff were working with me doing it they got to be on the tools a bit and sort of get that experience and we actually got through it pretty quickly so there's another group mm. going up next next week uh, to um, paint it and install it um, cool. But no, it was it was a good little project. So, a, a good buddy of mine
0: lived, uh well, moved to Tasmania from South Africa well, a year ago and um every time we talk he says I've got to take you to Bruni Island. It is just mm-hmm. the most amazing thing you'll ever see. Magic. And I've just had a quick look on Google Maps. You're right, it is. It's it's literally I'm sure you can see it from Hobart.
2: Um I think you can see it from I think Hobart Harbour sort of faces inward to the river, but if you go, yeah, from the suburbs oh, okay. of Hobart, you'll see Bruny Island. It.
0: Yeah, so it's really close. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is quite strange that you that transport link is. It seems a bit yeah. um,
2: arbitrary. But yeah. no, amazing place, amazing food, oysters, wildlife. Like it's sort of strange. Echidnas yeah. there that have apparently evolved differently because they had fewer predators in the mainland, so they have got fewer spines. They're, they're nearly furry rather than spiny. Huh? Yeah. So. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Um oh. and so I ro- oh,
1: sorry, you going ahead. I was going to say sorry, but Robin um, it looked like your workshop was flooding the other night. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, the whole of Australia's on fire while we're we're taking <laughs> we're taking on water. <laughs> yeah. It it's just you know, so we haven't had rain. And, and, I, and I, I want to paint this picture in everyone's mind so they can understand why I was caught unaware. We haven't had any decent rain for about six months. We then have a fairly big rain. I think it was about, uh, must have been around 20 mil over 24 hours. And the next day, we had 100 mil within a couple of hours. Wow. So that's how quickly like it just came on. Um, and. Yeah, I was sitting upstairs and I thought it's going, it's, it's coming down, it's coming down, it's coming down. And then I suddenly realized I need to go downstairs and install my sump pump, which I take out during winter. Right. So it doesn't just get, you know, the sun beaten and all of that. Ran downstairs, chucked it in, by that stage it was too late, the water was just rising too fast. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it all, it all, it actually came in. My workshop door is at the top of a slight angle. so. It's at sort of a, on the one end of the workshop, the other end of the workshop is where the flooding happens because it comes in underneath the, the, the slab. This water was actually coming in through the door. That's how much it, it was. It's probably about a 50 to 100 mil slope. Yeah. Uh, and it, it had come up that high. Wow. And um, yeah, so got, got the, the pump in, started pumping it out to the street as quick as I could, but it wasn't quick enough. But because the next day it all ended, you know, it all stopped, it was, and because we've been so dry, um yeah it just it just Gone. soaked away real real quick
1: that's good eh? yeah.
0: yeah so there's just a bit of you can see like the water damage but it, all the tools are up all the workbenches are up with that in mind so there's no no permanent damage it's just the main issue is mold mm. and because i've been able to come and go and turn on the acs to get the the, the air dry in here it's been fine but last year when we had the big floods i was on holiday well we were on me and the family were on holiday so just the air in here was like a bathtub yeah. for a week. Yeah. So you can imagine how the mall just loves that. So yeah, that was, a bit of, that was a bit of fun. But other than that, it's mainly just been working on this renovation upstairs yeah. for me. So the last time we talked, I was getting your, you guys advice on the floorboard that I was gonna put down and it was all going really well. I milled <laughs> up the timber. It's a lovely dark timber and it was going really well. One of the things we talked about was making sure that the, the floorboard sits on the joist and you don't have the, the groove sitting on the tongue. Because otherwise it would break the groove off the yeah. tongue. Right? Because this is there are two boards yeah. with tongues on either end and I was putting a, bo- a, a new board through the middle. Yeah. So I thought, <laughs> and it's amazing how hindsight is 20, 20 eh? I thought I'm gonna make that groove, that those sort of shoulders, quite thin so that there's no chance of them touching the tongue. And I went and installed this thing, got my belt sander out to start yeah. leveling it. it
1: and next thing off. I've
0: just got, I've got this like wafer paper thin <coughs> <laughs> shoulder on the one end. Oh, I was so annoyed. I just didn't, I didn't even think about that. Um, but I managed to fix it. I, I could get up from underneath and get some, that uh, epoxy putty okay, yeah. and force that in. So it's still really thin. And if anyone, if that I ever decide handy. to, <laughs> if I refinish the floors, I'm stuffed, oh, yeah. but that's at least holding it solid. So it, it's tight. It's not oh, like it's going to break off. But other than, other than that, it went pretty well. The, getting the, the nails through the hardwood joists I, I don't know what manner of human <laughs> would have done this house because they are like steel.
1: Like what, what? Probably just that it's so dry. Um, like I know working with New Zealand Rimu, when, when, it, when it's freshly milled, you can drive a nail into it relatively. It's, it's hard, but it's not crazy. But if you are trying to do the same thing to 100-year-old Rimu joists, it's not going to happen. You have to pre-drill it. It just—it just turns to rock. So, it could be a similar thing. Right. Okay. Yeah, because the 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 code says that
0: the you, so you pre-drill the floorboard mm. to eighty percent of the the eighty percent of the size of of your nail shank, right? Yeah. By the end of it, I just I said no chance. I'm drilling <laughs> it to the same size because I just. I literally had a pile of bent nails that was bigger than the nails that I was trying to put into the floor. Yeah, yeah, it's not not easy
1: with really old hard woods like that. I'm not sure what the solution is really.
0: But yeah, so the the floorboard went in okay. It's pretty rock solid. And so far, everything's holding up. Put the clear coats on. Didn't work out as well as I'd hoped. You can see the... um, the sheen difference yeah. between the old and the new, and I've tried feathering it, and it's sort of kind of there, and I'm gonna be going the staining route to try and match the boards, but I'll get to that later. So it's not great, but I always knew that it was never gonna be perfect.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Really, the, the only thing you can do is resurface the whole house, but yeah. you know, maybe we'll do that in a couple of years' time. Yeah. So now it's working on the kitchen island and I've got this amazing idea for the kitchen. Well, I think it's amazing anyway. <laughs> I'm not gonna go into too much detail on it. Oh. I, had, I had an electrician come around this week just to do a bit of consultation to make sure what I'm trying to do will work. And yeah, so hopefully I'm gonna get started on that. And actually from a, from a, a YouTube perspective, um, I'm getting sponsored this video well, um, by Skillshare. Oh, no way which is quite a, it's quite a nice tick, tick box for that. It's not actually like, I don't work directly with Skillshare. Yeah. I work through a third party company. Yeah. But normally I would, I'm so nervous about sponsors because geez, you can turn people off so quickly. Yeah. But Skillshare is one of those real notch in the belt type of sponsors. So I'm, I'm quite yeah. excited about it.
1: That's cool. Yeah, Skillshare is, seems pretty relevant to most people. It can be relevant. And it's not mm. like you're just trying to sell a mattress um it's yep. something that most people might want to use so that's cool yeah
0: joey i saw that you got sponsored by that timber company of yours yeah
1: that that was kind of out of the blue they just approached me when the uh, rep dropped by and was looking at the plans because i was just about to start making the ambassadors table and i was showing him the drawings and he said you know uh, maybe we should sponsor you um because he, he liked the look of it thought the video would do well um And so I I just kind of came up with some of my ideal sponsorship um, plans, which is you really just get one little blurb, and then that's what you get for a year. There'll be no one else. You just have to sponsor every video I do for a year, and then at the end of the year, you can decide if you want to quit or go for another year. Um, I don't want to have multiple sponsors. It's just one, one company, and that's it.
0: So they're the only sponsor for a year and they're sponsoring every video? Yep.
1: Yeah.
2: So you've got to make mention of them in every video? Yep. Yeah. Okay. It seems, like a, it seems like a good fit though. Like as you said, it's a, it's a mattress company, you know, that whole, if you're making a bed, it makes sense. But if yeah. you're making a dining table, being sponsored by a mattress company is a bit odd. That's but right. the fact that everything you make is timber, being sponsored by a timber yeah. uh, company makes, you know, it's a good fit.
1: And they're local as well Yeah, they're they're my local guys I've used them for nearly 10 years And so, I mean, we've got a good relationship Mm. And um, actually more and more these days I'm getting inquiries from YouTube locally Mm. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually kind of working Starting to work out That it is actually a a bit of an advertising stream for me For actual actual work Um, So it's all kind of It's all falling into place a little bit that way
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool So you were working, Joey, you were working on, um, I saw it on Facebook, it was was dresses, wasn't it?
1: Uh, um, Some bedside tables. Bedside tables, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, man, it's one of many jobs sitting in a pile that's half finished, and um, I'm trying to find some time to get to it. I'm kind of waiting on a couple of bits I've ordered in. They're from a a client I did a lot of work for a couple of years ago, and um, she wants a bunch more stuff, and so that's good. Um, I'm... So, I wanted to talk about the COTS a little bit more. Um, Mm. So, as I get better at understanding business over the years, I've I've come to the realization that it would be good if I can find something that works, it would be nice to have a product that I can have running in the background most of the time, something that I can produce. And it just so happened about a year ago, a company came to me and asked for a cot uh, sample. I made the cot, and they're looking at about 20 a month. So it's like a decent amount. Jeez. Uh, They're very basic because they're they're going to be sold to daycare centers and kind of commercial Uh premises where they're just for a day's sleep for the kids. Um, And so it's a very basic thing. It's just made out of pine, very simple just simply put together but he wants it just how he wants it and so um anyway he's come back to me and asked for a second sample and we're making a few changes on the previous model and we've got an updated drop side mechanism which is one of the reasons I didn't want to carry on with the other ones because I didn't want to be involved with the drop side mechanism that was so flimsy um I kind of said you yeah, uh, know this going to start coming back to me if there's any issues with this um so now that that's sorted out, I'm just working on a next next prototype and ideally what I'm going to do is set up a corner, a part of the workshop with like a jig station where we will buy in dressed pine that is the right size and it's a, and essentially it's just going to be a matter of cutting to length, cutting domino holes or slots, whatever it needs to be on various jigs. and. In theory, if the quantity is what they want, what they're saying it's going to be, I'll probably end up employing somebody just to run that, run mm. r- making cots and some... He wants some very basic solid pine shelving units, which really just involves gluing dressed pine boards together and cutting them to length. So um, it's very simple simple stuff that anyone can kind of do. And, and, I, and if it works out, I think it will be good internet just constantly stuff happening there's no real downtime um mm. e- even if it comes to the point where i don't employ someone it means that um paint's drying we can run some boards through this mm-hmm. put them through the sander That mean there's just never going to be downtime which at the moment there is often downtime towards the end of the days for me because we're either painting or gluing up or something like that so mm. um hopefully that's going to this year is going to be um, a good kind of step forward in getting into production type things, which also brings me to. I like
2: think that is a great idea. Yeah. Um, especially settling on something like a cot as opposed to a dining table mm. or a bedside table where everybody wants that bit of customization. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a cot is a pretty utilitarian mm. piece of furniture, you know, yeah. and you know, the standards say that it has to be a certain height, yep. certain width to fit a mattress and, and especially, the spacing of the bars and all especially
1: these ones, they are, um, you know, it's commercial as well. It's not like it's gonna be in someone's house. Yeah. This is just for yeah. the half hour sleep that the day has put the kids down, you know, down for. And so it's just very simple and practical, like you say. And so you don't have to be too fussy. And I've got I've got one. He sent brilliant. me a he he sent me one that he had made in China, and I'm just copying it. Um, ah, and mm-hmm. so I'm just Bonus. I'm just literally measuring and cutting and. Uh, it's
2: a nice it's a nice
1: reversal of usually it's the other way around, Yeah, <laughs> you make a piece and then it <laughs> ends up being ripped off in China. So the only thing so he's sick of buying from China. He wants them made in New Zealand, mm-hmm. and uh, he just wants to be able to get them for the same quality and the same price point, and I'm pretty close. Um,
2: That's that's amazing. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I'm in the ballpark, and if we do this quantity, Mm. and we make them how I want to make them, (laughs) um, I think we can do it. The only downside is the finishing, and they've used some kind of lacquer, something in China, very nice, hard finish, but spraying slats is never, it's just such a waste of material for a start you know and um mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to not have overspray coming around the other side of of the spindles and slats and all that stuff so i've actually i uh, would like want to hear your guy's opinion i'm not sure i've only just bought a, i've just bought it a, a can of Libos oil um mm-hmm. have you heard of it use it australian made finish.
2: Yeah, I've I've had them approach me a few times. I've never I've never like right. I think it's pretty similar to Osmo. The way yeah. it, it's a hard wax. Right? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, so I know that Anton Gurner is a Melbourne-based furniture maker. He changed mm-hmm. from Osmo to Livos, and I thought, well, if it's good mm-hmm. enough for him for his furniture, it's going to be perfect for uh, you know kid, child-friendly stuff. And I looked at the specs, and it is kid-friendly. Um, food safe yep. and all that, so it'd be perfect. And it's just wipe on two coats and it's finished. So that's my plan for finishing the, the cots and, and all this kind of commercial yep. stuff. Um, which means. How do you
0: spell the name? L I B O S. L
1: I B O S, yeah. Libos. So it's an Australian product, so I can't actually buy it here. I had to have it shipped over. But. Um,
2: oh, there's no, there's no sellers in you New know?
1: Zealand? No. So. If if it works out, I'll see see if I can order like a bigger drum of it if they do it. Yeah, big bulk. Um, Get like 20 litres at a time or something. But um,
2: yeah, I mean, I pretty much use Osmo for everything. And because it's food safe, like it's a great thing to use on dining tables and all that kind of stuff. And especially with a crib um, where kids tend to chew on things. Mm. um, The idea of a lacquer cracking and uh, Mm. yeah. Poison um, is not a good thing for babies. What I was going to say is um, the time taken. So the material saving versus the lacquer like spraying the lacquer on, yeah. um, as, as opposed to wiping on. The time taken to do the spindles. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be fun for uh, yeah. your cop man to do.
1: Yeah, that could be interesting. You're right. Um, I haven't found a, a good way to spray anything like that. It's just not something I mm-hmm. don't have the experience in. I'm not sure what the how they do it. Um, yeah. I, I,
2: are they round spindles or no, are they No, they're more flat. like, it's
1: actually an, just a big domino, really. The spindle is like a... Right, okay, um, okay. I'm, I'm going to make them slightly bigger than the max size domino can cut, but um, mm-hmm. they will be essentially big ovals, kind of. Um, yep. So, so I, they do have a flat side,
2: so you could use a ruler to sort of yeah, line them up and some, do one side yeah. and then...
1: Yeah. Lately, I've, I've.
2: Yep.
1: When I I just uh, tried it out this yesterday, well, no, it must have been this morning. Um, the the Livos oil and it, and I really, I was like, oh wow, this is so easy to use as opposed to using the water based lacquer that I've been using, and it kind of I'm mm-hmm. I'm starting to think now maybe I should go back to using a wipe on oil because it's so easy to get a good finish on on stuff, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. using a, a a film finish lacquer while it is very easy to use and it dries very quick you still have issues with getting a dead flat surface um, and uh, I think using a, an oil that you can kind of buff in is, is, so n- I'm now going to start probably using it more on other pieces of furniture just to, <laughs> to get away from uh, you know it's just constant progression and constant kind of working out what is good and what is not good for various mm. reasons
0: with the the spindles are you Finishing them once it's assembled, or are you pre-finishing this
1: them? That's the plan. But actually, I was looking at the Chinese one, and I think it's been pre-finished. I think surely all the you parts could just tape
0: off, tape off the two ends, mm. and then you just hammer it, and then surely that'd be quicker than
1: possibly. Just a, a, again, a matter of having space for a gazillion spindles to be put somewhere while they're drying. Whereas yeah, opposed if enough. it's attached to a frame, you can just kind of hang the frame, the whole frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: you could almost set up a, I'm thinking like a, like an A-frame mm-hmm. with some, um, so that you've got your A-frame and then you've got some horizontal yeah. um, strips where they all just slot into. So you finish yeah, yeah. it, slot, finish, yeah.
1: slot, and then off yeah. you go.
2: That's not silly. I suppose because you're doing them as a sort of a, a domino-type profile, you don't really need to worry about them spinning either. No, um, no, So the reason why I pre-finished the spindles on my crib was because they are dials, Yeah. Um, and when they're glued in, I don't want the glue to sort of uh, show in the corners. So by pre-finishing it, it's dead easy just to yeah. remove it with a chisel quickly. But yeah. you probably wouldn't even need to
1: use Would you glue? need to use yeah. glue? I, mean, I don't think point. so. Because the yeah. the frame so it is it just takes glued one step together. out of so it so it's really just a fr- friction fit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I probably could just I was actually finish the whole thing. You'll see. Yeah.
2: yeah, I have actually started as promised. I have started filming the crib as well, oh, so good. I will do a YouTube video. God knows if it'll come out this year, but <laughs> um, <laughs> the footage will be there. But I'm because I'm using the the um, round profile uh, spindles. Trying to come up with a way to a quick way so that they won't spin if mm. the glue bond, glue bond breaks. So on the bed head, I've kind of gone with a more expressed, um, wedged through tenon, oh, okay. like a decorative thing. But on the side panels, they just sit in holes and they've got a shoulder on them. Right. Um, so I was looking at you know dialing them from the inside and flush trimming them, <laughs> and then I was like, God, this is gonna take forever. Um, so I'm actually gonna try a technique of once the panels fully assembled um taking either a router or a table saw and cutting through the section where the um, spindle yep. goes into the frame and then running a key yeah. that will sort of start it turning and then playing it flush. That's a
1: pretty cool idea. And you just
2: sort of need to do it. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be super quick. Yep. And it's a mechanical joint. Yep. Like, it's going to be impossible for, no. for I don't know, a, an adult human to turn the spindle, never mind a baby. No. <laughs> um yeah. And, yeah, they're going to be on the bottom inside edges of the crib, so you never, even, I mean, not that you'll see it anyway, but, yeah, it'll be completely invisible. Yeah, of so course, you only have to do one Stay tuned, one end. and I will it. You, don't, I will you don't have to do yeah, top yeah, and bottom, yeah. so. No, nah, yeah. no. Nah. So nah. I was even thinking that next time if I did it, I wouldn't have to glue the spindles, that they would just go yeah. in um, as a reasonably tight fit, and then you run that yeah. that profile cut, and uh, as the strip as it, is what As long what as it's not loose, loose
1: enough that the dowel can move while you're cutting it or after you've cut it and then you've got to try and find it again I I did them um,
2: because my these were the recycled dials that I got so there's some that have small flats or they've got a bit of feature in them so I put a shoulder on them all using the the shaper so they are a perfect circle and uh, yeah it took a bit of trial and error to get them the perfect fit but um, yeah they're fitting really nicely and yeah I could have made them tighter I think yeah but um, not cribs, all fun. Oh, I was, I was going to say, sorry, yeah. Joey, uh, how did you go with your T-shirt sales?
1: Oh, fine. I mean, I, I, yeah? I didn't expect to sell gazillions. I think I sold less than I really thought I would. It's not like I was making money. I mean, it wasn't, I think, it yeah. in total, I think. I just went to the post office today, and I think it cost me an extra $10 more than I thought it would. So um, yeah, not really fussed about it, but, um, yeah, it worked good.
2: Oh no, it's nice. It's nice that uh you know have a Kingpost turn t shirt rocking up somewhere yeah, in I don't know, outer Kazakhstan or yeah, something like there's that.
1: There's Germany and um a, a bunch in the States and a bunch in Australia, so that was cool. Ah, cool.
2: Do you know if yeah. they are, are I was there, at
1: woodworkers?
0: Or or p- potentially even YouTubers or Yeah,
1: Instagrams? I know there's a few YouTube uh, slash people and um a few just woodworkers. Hmm
2: so that'd be cool yeah. the day you posted it was the day that I was going to reorder some for myself and I'm uh-huh. like oh, maybe I should open it up so I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a link on my website and, yeah. and try to um, add some to it yeah that's awesome
0: I still think yeah. the, the OG cool is, is way better in my opinion which one's I've that? got um, one of one of Joey's yep. those of you who are uh-huh. listening won't be able one to see that making, but I still think <laughs> making that big wood is in such, small
2: wood, yeah. such a classic line yeah who did the uh, who did the graphic design for for the making pigwood ones
1: um a company i think i'm going to get that name wrong i think it's printly in melbourne mm. i think they are um he, yeah oh, okay. yeah the guy yeah. the stickers yeah yeah that's it so i contacted him and said hey i want some stickers and i wanted to say this and can you come up with the design and he he did that as one of a bunch and i said that's the one i want that and then i said actually i don't want them as stickers going to buy the design off you and use them for um t-shirt prints and so he yeah i i bought it and he sent me the vectors and that was that. so that that was really cool
0: (laughs) yeah he seems like a like a a a really good dude because he helped us out with the shop store podcast stickers right and um and after that i saw a lot of guys in the community all suddenly getting stickers from him so i hope i hope it's really sort of helped his business
1: yeah yeah um okay yep i think we're done i've got some other stuff i'm working on but that i'll do for next time (laughs)
0: let's call it a day there because that's quite a yeah um so yeah i guess joey it's going to be a long day for the rest of you mel and brian um yeah good luck with the with the heat, I've just got a yeah, message yeah. from a mate of mine down in, in Tassie, same guy I was talking about earlier, to say it's, it's just
2: bonkers at the moment down there. Yeah, no, really, I'm really gonna cool. be doing admin today, I think. <laughs> I've done enough this week.
0: Yeah. Okay, so to everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please go ahead and give it a rating on iTunes, that really does help us out. Shopstool Podcast is available on iTunes and most other podcast apps. My name is Robin Lewis. Joe and Brian, thanks very much for hanging out today. Take care, everyone, and we will see you in the next show.
1: See you, everyone. All the best, guys.